0: Welcome. welcome! Yes, yeah, Spence said it right there. Welcome back into the Chris Mathis podcast. I'm your host Chris Mathis at me on Twitter at the Chris Mathis Spencer Mathis in again after having what two weeks ago we did a podcast chase your dream. You guys loved that when Spence was lost on a hiking trail. Fortunately, he found his way back to the house back here in the podcast. And Spence, uh, how does it feel to be back here on the show once more to enlighten everybody on some sports talk?
1: It's great to be back on the show. And luckily on the trail, I had Zion Williamson with me and everywhere we were going. He was dropping breadcrumbs behind him. So we found our way back eventually because he eats so much. But yeah, hopefully Zion Williamson makes his way back into the NBA like we just did coming back here on your listening services.
0: Yeah, again, uh, glad to be back here with you guys. Glad to have Spencer back here as a part of the duo at TCM underscore pod. Before we move on to the show, uh, Stanley Cup final just ended earlier this week. Unfortunately, the Tampa Bay Lightning did not win their third consecutive Stanley Cup as they lost in game six, two to one, the final score against the Colorado Avalanche. Obviously, the Bolts were going for that three peat to be so called dynasty. Uh, Spence, what do you think about game six other than the fact that they lost? Uh, you know, what kind of stood out to you about that game? Some questionable no calls by the officials as well. Missed a hooking call on Bellamar. And uh, in my opinion, that was a game changer because that was the Av's second goal to put them up two to one.
1: Yeah, I understand the NHL trying to give a team that hasn't won the Stanley Cup since the early 2000s the advantage. Let's face it, the NHL out of any sport is the easiest to game manage, and the NHL referees, you can tell that they're game managing at any point. But regardless, I mean, the Lightning and Avalanche both played the exact same throughout the entire series. Both teams had one dominant game, the Lightning in game three, and the Avalanche in game two. But I mean two overtime losses for the lightning those could have gone either way the series could have easily been flipped four to two in favor of the lightning but actually I think this is the only time that I've ever seen rest in the NHL playoffs work out for a team like the avalanche had swept every opponent throughout the playoffs so they had a they had a bunch of rest they were ready ready to go for the third period overtime the lightning had made it to game seven they've only swept one team they got two game sevens before this I just think that Stamina finally caught up to them. They were tired of playing hockey and they lost the series, but barely four games to two with a goal differential of like three throughout the entire series, even after that 7 0 blowout in game two. So, Lightning played well. Avalanche are good, and the Avalanche are going to be probably back in it next year if, if they can get a better goaltender.
0: Yeah, again, uh, a tough loss there for the Bolts. But, Spence, do you feel like if they would have went to game seven, the Bolts had the upper up? Upper- had the upper hand, they would have won two consecutive going into Game 7. Uh, they would have won three straight games there in the final. Do you like their chances, even though that they would have been more tired there if they would have played on a Tuesday night?
1: If there was a Game 7, I think the Lightning really had a great shot. I think they would have won it. I would have bet money that the Lightning win that because Andre Vasilevsky is the best Game 7 goalie that we've seen in forever. I think he's 6-0 and in Game 7s, and his goals against average is like less than 1. It's like a .8. I mean, he's – He's incredible, so I think if the Lightning made it to Game 7, they would have won, but just watching that third period of Game 6, you could tell the Lightning were not going to be playing a Game 7. I think they had like two shots on goal, and they came in the last like three minutes of the game. Yeah, and there was a
0: laundry list of injuries, of course, for both teams, but for the Lightning, the losing team, you look at that and you think, man, if those guys were healthier, uh, obviously Braden Point played through a significant injury. And uh, he tried to go at least, but several players toughened through some injuries. How impressive is that for you to see that uh, from NHL players? They really push through unlike
1: any other professional sport. Yeah, well, Braden Point is the best overtime performer in the playoffs over the last two to three years. And I think he has the most game winning overtime goals over the past couple of years in the playoffs. So he would have been a difference maker for Tampa Bay. Their power play would have been much better. It struggled throughout. But just looking at the toughness of players, like Colorado, they had their injuries in the early rounds, and they were still sweeping teams. They ended up getting Qadri back. He ended up scoring the game winner in game four. And that, I mean, they were getting healthy at the right time. The Lightning were not getting healthy at the right time, which is in every sport. You see that every single year. It's really just a war of attrition. It's basically a lot of luck that goes into winning a Stanley Cup. Even the Lightning's last two runs, they won in game six in 2020, and then in game seven in 2021, but if you look at the other teams, they also had a laundry list of injuries that the Lightning just didn't have last season and the season prior to that. So it's really just a war of who can stay healthy the longest, and a team that's gone back-to-back isn't going to win that ever. Would you consider Tampa Bay to be a dynasty or just a great team? A dyna- Over the last six years, I think they've been a dynasty – Ever since that sweep that they faced in 2019, I mean, they were in the Stanley Cup finals in 2015 versus the Blackhawks lost. Then they made the Stanley Cups, like, they made the playoffs 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. They'll make it next year as well. I think they're a dynasty overall, even though they only won two in a row. If they can win one more Stanley Cup under John Cooper, it's a dynasty. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If
0: they get back next season to that Stanley Cup and win it, even after uh, not getting that ring this year, I think it is without a doubt a dynasty. Speaking of rings, a guy that is chasing a ring, unfortunately might not get much playing time, if any, this year. Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson signed a five-year, $230 million deal with Cleveland. And as of right now, it looks like the NFL is going to potentially suspend him indefinitely uh, with a year minimum suspension. Obviously, nothing's official as of right now, but that's kind of the rumor going across the NFL regarding Deshaun Watson. Huge contract signing. What is your take there regarding uh, the Browns potentially missing out on Deshaun Watson for at least six, eight, ten, maybe even an entire season or more this upcoming football season?
1: Well, just going back to whenever he signed the contract in March, mid-March, I mean, everyone was expecting like maybe a, a a two three-year contract no way he's getting the max with the allegations that he's facing i think 26 civil lawsuits all regarding like touching masseuses and stuff so they're all very serious i mean he he is alleged to have done a lot of bad things and to see him get the biggest contract in nfl history the first max deal for a guy that's facing what he's facing right now a full year suspension i think just in general that was stupid but the Browns were in a in a, t- in a difficult spot because Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, really soiled that relationship that they had with Baker Mayfield when they made the playoffs in 2020. Then last season, Mayfield had a bunch of injuries. He didn't play well. They kept throwing him out there even though they had Nick Chubb. They made him throw the ball 35 times against the Steelers. They basically let T.J. Watt tie the sack record. Didn't break it somehow, but they let him tie the sack record by trying to pass 50 times in that Week 17 game where they didn't need to do that. So I think that they were stuck in between a rock and a hard place there, and they had to go with the new quarterback. They got Deshaun Watson. He's facing a year suspension. I think it'll probably end up being supposedly six to eight games is what we're looking at right now, but that's going to change over the next couple of weeks. I think this decision is going to be made by August before training camp starts for any of the teams. So I think that this was just an awful signing for the Browns but if Deshaun Watson can come back and play and not miss an entire season, it may be okay. But like like I heard on the on the Pat and Aaron show a couple months ago, whenever the Buccaneers were looking at signing Deshaun Watson when Brady retired, they were saying that he's never really going to get past this. Everywhere he goes, he's going to see signs that call him a rapist or whatever. And it's it's going to be tough for him to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. And before all these allegations that happen, he wasn't better than Patrick Mahomes. He wasn't better than Aaron Rodgers. He wasn't better than Tom Brady. So To get a max contract for a guy that's a top 10 quarterback but has missed a full season, I don't think it was a good idea for the Browns. And if it continues to get worse like we've seen, I think it could be a year suspension with more civil lawsuits coming up over the next couple of weeks. The Cleveland
0: Browns said from day one that they really did their research. Do you feel like they did their due diligence in this situation, Uh, obviously knowing that eventually Deshaun would get in some serious trouble or there was potential for that to happen does it really seem like Cleveland did their research in this situation in regards to paying a guy this amount of money and uh, hoping that he would
1: lead their franchise from day one, week one of this upcoming football season? No, because whenever you go back and look at the Deshaun Watson timeline, the two teams that were going to get him because the Saints had been eliminated, it was between the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons, and then a, third, a third-party a third team comes out of nowhere, It's the Cleveland Browns, who offered him a max contract and said they did their due diligence – they most definitely didn't. He would have been an Atlanta Falcon or a Carolina Panther quarterback next season if he wasn't sitting on the bench for a year with the suspension. He's probably going to get. But the Browns came out of nowhere. I don't think there's any way they could have really done their due diligence for Deshaun Watson because they were just they they under they understood that Baker Mayfield's situation was not solvable, and that the only really good quarterback still left on the market at the point was Deshaun Watson or Jimmy Garoppolo, who they'd have to trade for. So they just went ahead, offered Deshaun Watson the max contract. I don't think they did their due diligence one bit, and that's why they ended up with Deshaun Watson, who's probably going to be suspended for an entire season. Yeah, and you talked about it a few weeks ago here on the show, that you
0: felt like Baker Mayfield's relationship has been tarnished there in Cleveland. And I thought the same thing. However, uh, Baker held his youth football camp on Tuesday, and he was asked if the Browns, I did not have a quarterback lined up for this upcoming football season where there be any chance of reconciliation there. And Baker Mayfield said, I think for that to happen, uh, there would have to be some reaching out. And I think by there would have to be some reaching out, he's talking about the Browns reaching out to me. But we are ready to move on on both sides. So would you say that Baker Mayfield is for sure 110% out of Cleveland, no matter how this pans
1: out, with Deshaun uh, in 2022? Well, I think he wants the Cleveland Browns to reach out like Deshaun Watson did at all those masseuse shops that he was going to. So I think maybe that's what he was alluding to, but no, there's no chance that Baker Mayfield situation is going to stay in Cleveland. There's no way that they're going to be able to keep him. They're going to probably have to end up releasing him because teams know that they're not going to get anything for the trade package. They could probably trade a six round pick right now, or they could wait for the Browns to release him and get him for a lot cheaper, a better deal that they could sign him to themselves. So Baker Mayfield's done in Cleveland. The backup quarterback right now, Jacoby Brissett, they signed over the offseason. So I think either way, Baker Mayfield's done, even if the Sean Watson news were to come out tomorrow and Baker Mayfield was still on the team, I still think that 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 situation's just not going to happen. Two potential landing spots for Baker Mayfield. The Seattle Seahawks, who have Drew Locke
0: set, penciled in to be the starting quarterback, unless Geno Smith somehow scrapes into that starting lineup. Uh, Jacob Eason, the third-string quarterback there in Seattle. And then on the other side of the coin, you've got the Carolina Panthers with a guy in Sam Darnold who's been very inconsistent. Uh, He had a great start to last season. I think he had eight or nine touchdowns in the first four weeks. Granted, seven of those were on the ground. Uh, and then he just wet, wet the bed after that, really looked like he saw some ghosts. They did draft Matt Corral as well in the third round of this draft. So two teams there that could potentially make a move uh, just to have him on the roster, maybe push the other guys to start. But I don't know. I don't know which way I would go with this. Is uh, is Drew Log Pencil to be the starter? Is it Geno Smith or could Baker Mayfield
1: end up there in Seattle? Well, when I'm looking at Seattle and Carolina, I feel like Carolina already has a quarterback from the 2018 draft in Sam Darnold. He's got some athleticism. He has some upside. He's basically the same quarterback as Baker Mayfield. So if you're Carolina, do you, really, do you really want to put yourself in the exact same situation that you were in in the previous season where you paid Sam Darnold all that money, guaranteed him a contract after the first four games where they went undefeated, and then Darnold sucked for the rest of the season? If you go out there and sign Baker Mayfield, you, you still have Sam Darnold on your squad. You've got Matt Corral as your backup. So if I'm looking for Baker Mayfield, I'm thinking Seattle's a good situation. Drew Locke, he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he really has any upside at this point. Geno Smith is old. He was drafted in 2012 or 2013. So Geno Smith's at the end of his career. He's a a career backup. You don't want him starting for your team. I don't care if you're tanking. So if Baker Mayfield's going to go to any team, I think the best situation for him would be the Seattle Seahawks over the Carolina Panthers. Do you see it from his point of view in that way as well? Do you think, hey,
0: you know, if you're Baker Mayfield, I must go to Seattle? Do you like that situation for him? He does have DK Metcalf out there. Uh, Chris Carson has a bad back as of right now. They're unsure if he's even going to be able to play right away this season. Uh, But, you know, they panned out and dished out Bobby Wagner, insane linebacker there in Seattle. The, the defense is gone, obviously. Wide receiver core, I think they still have Lockett. But other than that, I mean, you're looking at a fresh start in Seattle. Noah Fant came over in that trade uh, with Drew Lock to Denver or from Denver to Seattle as well. So that's an added piece there if Baker was to end up there in Seattle.
1: Yeah, Seattle's a much better situation than Carolina. Both teams don't have an offensive line. Both teams' defenses are not very good. The Carolina defense is a little bit better than Seattle's. you got to give Carolina that. But you look at the receiving core in DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Then you look at your tight end, which would be Noah Fant, like you just said, because of the Drew Locke trade with Russell Wilson. But your running back, I mean, they've got a running back by committee. They've got a lot of good running backs. They've been drafting running backs for some reason in the first or second round over the past couple of years. They drafted one this season as well. Don't remember who it was, but it was in the first round, so – I would much rather go to Seattle any day of the week, especially if you're only going to be signing a one-year contract with whoever whatever team you're you're going for this season. It's a prove it deal. If he goes to Seattle, he's going to have better weapons and a better opportunity to prove himself as a starting quarterback in the NFL, which I do think he is. I think he's a top 15 quarterback.
0: There's been quarterback conversation surrounding 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo had shoulder surgery this summer and uh, is trying to get back into the habit of throwing the football here and is on track to do so here very soon. I believe the end of this month, early July, was the timetable for Jimmy Garoppolo to get back throwing the football once more. And then we'll see how the trade talks spark from there because I do expect them to heat up a little bit. Whether or not he's able to get dished out to a great situation, I'm not sure. Could we see Jimmy G and Seattle or do you think it's more likely that he ends up in Carolina and again they are paying Sam Darnold to be their starting quarterback as of
1: right now yeah I don't really know the other options for Jimmy G besides Seattle and Carolina and I think like I said Baker Mayfield's going to want to go to Seattle Jimmy G's got to be traded from a team so he's got to accept the trade by himself with his agents and the San Francisco 49ers but I don't know, honestly, because I think his only option right now is the Carolina Panthers. But Carolina, if I'm Carolina, I don't want to have Jimmy G, Matt Corral, and Sam Darnold all on contracts at the same time with a team that's not even close to being able to win a championship anytime soon. So, I think Jimmy G's kind of stuck right now, and I could see San Francisco maybe holding on to him and starting in the first couple of games. If he sucks, trade him out by the trade deadline. But Jimmy G, if I'm if I if I had to choose between Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo in Carolina. If I'm the Carolina Panthers GM, you got to go with Jimmy G because he's a more experienced quarterback. He's proved himself. He may not be a really good quarterback, but he can win games for you. He's a good game manager, and you can't discredit that. They, they were, He was one throw away from beating Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So I would definitely go Jimmy G, but you don't want to have all these quarterbacks on contracts on one team that's not close to winning a championship, like I said.
0: Yeah, and Matt Crowell, they just drafted their backup quarterback in Carolina. I don't know. I think you're right. I could see Jimmy G being stuck in San Francisco for now. How reliable is Trey Lance? We're going to find out, and San Francisco could find out the hard way if he does not pan out. Last year, I wasn't too impressed with Trey Lance whatsoever. I don't think
1: that most guys around the league were impressed with Trey Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance is a lot like Josh Allen, but Josh Allen had 16 games his rookie season to start. Trey Lance had a couple Trey Lance didn't play good. He We already knew whenever he's coming into the draft that he wasn't an NFL-ready quarterback. He's going to have to sit. He had to play because of the Jimmy G uh, injury. So we'll see how he does this year. I don't know if that's the thing. I don't know if they're ready to hand the keys over to Trey Lance over Jimmy G, even though they have Jimmy G still on the roster who's injured, always has a hurt shoulder, which is always something to watch out for whenever you're trying to trade somebody because they have to pass a physical to end up being traded. But Trey Lance, I think he's – he's he's not ready to be an NFL starter. So I think that's going to put San Francisco in a tough situation here before the season starts. Yeah, do you think that John Lynch, general manager of the 49ers, sees
0: Trey Lance as the guy from week one? Do you truly think that he believes in Trey Lance? Not yet. Yeah, I would agree there. I think that he's doing a good job of trying to support his draft pick because – Uh, uh, John Lynch has not had as much success in San Francisco as he would like. They did uh, restructure and sign him on and extend him as the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers, I believe, last offseason. But either way, it'll be interesting to see how Trey Lance pans out or if he doesn't pan out in San Francisco. But the 49ers do have a big decision in trying to trade Jimmy G if they decide to move on uh, from uh, a former backup quarterback of Tom Brady and former Patriots teammate during his time in uh, New England martellus bennett made some comments on jimmy g and basically he did call jimmy garoppolo a bitch did you see that i did yeah and he was calling him a bitch for uh i think it was the day of a game on a sunday he backed out and said you know i'm not ready to go and then uh they threw in oh no i'm gonna blank on the quarterback Jacoby Brissett was it yep jacoby Brissett, and he said that he had a bum finger messed up finger and he had to go that game and he was Happy for Brissette for stepping up, but he's like, dude, a real leader would have told us on Thursday, I can't go for Sunday. Instead, he told him the day of the game. And I don't know. I think that's going to hurt teams looking at him and trying to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo because you can't have your quarterback be a bitch. Yeah. One guy that's struggling in the major leagues right now, Joey Gallo. He's swinging uh, 0 for whatever, 0 for 24 in his last Nine games, 13 strikeouts. And although the Yankees are 12 and a half games up on second place, Blue Jays, this guy has been an absolute bust this season. Terrible. We saw a tweet yesterday and it got me. You got, God, but here's a tweet. Joey Gallo is now 0 for his last one, two, three with 101 strikeouts, batting average on the season down to 0. 0.018. Joey Gallo
1: has been the dull spot there for the Yankees starting lineup. Yeah, he's batting like 167 in real life. But like you said, he hasn't had a hit since June 17th, nine games. And when if you're with the Yankees, you're hitting four times a game with how good their offense is. It is absolutely rolling. They're the best team in the major leagues this year, and they've got they've got Joey Gallo out there not doing his part at all. But they don't really need him, I guess, because you got Aaron Judge. Uh, you've got a lot of contributors on that team. You've got Nestor Cortez on the pitching staff with Garrett Cole. The Yankees are insane, but I remember it during the off season, Joey Gallo was a big talking point. We were seeing who he's going to go to. I was maybe hoping the Rays because he's had a couple of good seasons before this, but he is absolutely sucking this year. And you're seeing Yankees fans all over the internet, absolutely pissed off at this dude, which they should be because he's been the one dull spot on a really bright squad. Yeah. And again, one thing that kind of shocked
0: us, we were talking before the show is we didn't see tweets about this guy or any news on how bad he was doing until recently. And it's, you know, obviously 12 and a half games up on second place in the AL East, the Yankees are, if they were struggling right now, I feel like we'd hear a lot more talk, a lot more bashing of Joey Gallo.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Joey Gallo. I think he signed a one-year contract with the Yankees. The Yankees have got to resign Aaron judge next year. So it's going to be tough to see what they do next season, but Aaron judge, as Eli Pugh stated, every time that they say his name inside of the stadium, the fans act like this guy just hit a game-winning home run because they they have to be on his hog if they want to keep him next season because it's in danger. The Yankees are in danger of losing Aaron Judge to the Boston Red Sox because Judge has been a fan of the Red Sox his entire life and ended up getting drafted by the Yankees. He's, this is his, probably his last big contract coming up, so why not uh, get broken off by the Boston Red Sox if that's the team you want to go for? So Yankees fans have to suck off. If you will, Aaron Judge. You'll see that often. If you watch a game, you'll hear it like like he just hit a game winning home run, which he's hit twenty-nine or thirty this season. So you can't really blame him. But yeah. Yeah, the guy's been insane. And I got
0: to go to a game a few weeks back with Eli Dills, not Pew Dills, hit two home runs in the left field. And I was like, Come on, man. What else do you expect? But I know this is a far-fetched and, and way out there question, but you feel like it's more realistic that he stays
1: in New York or that he signs with the Boston Red Sox next season? Well, they gave him a, a an extension for the rest of the season, even though they didn't have to. They just wanted to avoid arbitration over the offseason. And then Aaron Judge was asked if this helps trade uh, contract negotiations going into the 2023 season. And he said, no, this doesn't make any difference. So if I'm the Yankees, I'm worried that I'm losing Aaron Judge, who is – the best part of their offense this season. I mean, they've got a great team, but Judge is absolutely on a tear. But the thing is, with Aaron Judge, do you really want to pay him all this money? He's been injured almost every season. He's missed a lot of time. He's kind of like Byron Buxton with the Minnesota Twins, but he just got broken off by the Twins. So I think the the Yankees are definitely going to have to try and pay him this offseason. But if I'm Aaron Judge, I'd much rather play in, at Fenway Park with the Boston Red Sox uh, and get more money. So...
0: Yeah, we'll see how much uh, the small field there in Yankee Stadium weighs into his decision because 29-30 yeah, uh, home runs, you know, I, I, a
1: lot of those would not go out in many oh, yeah. other major league stadiums. Yeah, there's a, there's a Twitter account called StatCast Home Runs, and anytime you see an Aaron Judge home run, if he's at home, it's going over that little short porch over there at the Yankee Stadium. So I think that will play in a big part, but if the Red Sox offer him a bigger contract than the Yankees, I'm, I think he's going to go for the money like as you should as a as an MLB or NFL player. I mean, your your window to make a bunch of money in either of these sports is five to six years. So why not get broken off by the team you actually want to play for in the Boston Red Sox? Any other baseball talk? You're firing on all cylinders right now, Spence. Any other baseball talk you want to throw out there? Uh, I just want to say the AL East is the best division in baseball. you got the Yankees, and then in second place, you've got the Toronto Blue Jays, Boston Red Sox, and then you got the Tampa Bay Rays in fourth place right now. That – that division is insane. You're going to see at least three AL East teams in the playoffs this upcoming season. Probably two of them in the AL wild card if you want to throw in the Toronto Blue Jays or Boston Red Sox if they can stay on track. But yeah, the AL East is insane. Uh, the Dodgers are playing well. You saw Freddie Freeman go back to Atlanta and completely regret his decision as everyone expected him to because it was a really awful decision by him. He immediately fired his agent after going back to the atlanta Braves stadium so if i'm if i'm a if i'm a dodgers fan i'm gonna be i'm kind of pissed about freddie freeman honestly because it seems like he is not wanting to play with the dodgers at all
0: yeah i saw a photo on twitter actually earlier today and it was a photo of him on the bench
1: while the rest of the team was standing up in the dugout and he just looked like what in the hell did i just do and I don't understand why he went to the Dodgers. I get that he has some family down in LA. You can visit LA during the off season. The Braves aren't going to be in the playoffs every year, let's face it. They won the they won the World Series last season after not even being 500 at the All-Star break. But why not play where you want to play over going for like 10 million more dollars somewhere else? I mean, I don't understand why he why he would want to go to the Dodgers. He was so well received at the Braves stadium. Every time you'd hear him come up, they'd treat him like they did Aaron Judge with the Yankees. So, I don't know. I, I We were saying whenever he signed with the Dodgers that he was going to regret his decision, and everyone sees that he is regretting his, his decision right now. I didn't expect him to regret his decision this badly, and it'd be this obvious.
0: I thought it would at least hide it a little bit longer through the season. But, yeah, as, as you said, fired his agent, moved on from that uh, that agency. He's on the bench while the rest of the team is standing up at the dugout. And it just doesn't look like his heart's in it. He's playing really well, and I think that the Dodgers have a much better chance to win the World Series than the Braves do, but it looks like his heart really isn't in it right now. One guy who's checked out, Rob Gronkowski, is officially retired as of last week. I I hate to go back in time that far, but it is pretty big news with us being Buccaneer fans, as you see on the flag behind you, Spence. Uh, Rob Gronkowski retires after a phenomenal career In the NFL, two years in Tampa, and uh, I think that's a huge blow for the Buccaneers. How many wins or losses, how many losses is Rob Gronkowski worth this upcoming season? I say at least one and a half.
1: Yeah, Gronkowski is worth over one and a half games, in my opinion. I mean, you're going from Rob Gronkowski, who even at his age is still a very good tight end, probably the best tight end we're ever going to see in the NFL, in in NFL's history. He's better than Tony Gonzalez, I don't care what you say he may, gonzalez may have played longer gronkowski was dominant every single year he played even in 2020 whenever he first joined the bucks during that playoff run in super bowl he scored two touchdowns in the super bowl had like four touchdowns overall in that playoff run gronkowski is great he could block he could catch now he's gone the buccaneers are stuck with cameron brate not a great blocker k dot and a rookie and then ko keeft who's basically a six offensive lineman for tampa bay those two last two were drafted this season so This is going to hurt the Buccaneers a lot more than people expect. Bray, maybe if this was five years ago, I would have been fine with having Bray as tight end number one. But having Cameron Bray as tight end number one after he was drafted in 2015 or 2014, he's got to be 32 years old or 31 years old by now. And I thirty on the dot. He turns 31 July 3rd on Sunday. Yeah, and I, I, just don't, I just don't expect them to go out there and throw K in the rookie who only had his best season in college was 350 yards. Granted, college doesn't use their tight ends as well as the NFL does, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tight end by committee in Tampa Bay, and we're definitely going to be missing Gronk. Maybe he'll pull Brady and unretire after training camp. I don't know. What do you think the chances are that Brady calls up Gronk at some point during the season and says, hey,
0: man, we're so close. We're missing one piece, and it's you. We can win the Super Bowl. We can do this again. We can have a deep playoff run. You like the chances of Gronk coming back and strapping
1: up for the Bucks? Let's say Buccaneers are eleven and six. They're heading into the playoffs. Their tight ends, the best one of their tight ends had maybe three hundred and fifty yards, three touchdowns this season. Tom Brady calls up Gronk, ready to play for the playoffs. I could see Gronk strapping up one more time in the playoffs, and it could only be one game. You never know. So why not risk it if you're Rob Gronkowski? three to four more NFL games in your career if you do make it to the Super Bowl. So I could definitely see Gronk rejoining the team if we were to go into a playoff run. I mean, you've seen this before with other teams. Uh, Who was it this year? It was Eric Weddle with the LA Rams. So you saw that happen. I could definitely see that happening in Tampa Bay, even though Weddle retired uh, a year prior to joining the Rams. Gronk retired this this offseason, which is a little bit more of a fresh start, and he'd come back for the playoffs ready to go, hopefully.
0: Yeah, and Gronk is still working out. I've been checking out his Instagram just to be safe. Like, you know, because got my fingers crossed that he comes back. The Bucks do yeah. need him. He's still staying in shape. And uh that's good because his agent did say that if Brady called him, which is weird. Allegedly, his agent said if Brady called him during the season, he could come back. I'm sure Brady's already been in his ear. Like, hey man, come on. Come on. And, yeah. and Gronk's got to return.
1: Yeah, it's the that's the best quarterback tight end connection we've ever seen and that's the best one we're ever going to see it's gone through two different teams now the Patriots and the Buccaneers so I I really do think Gronk could rejoin the team if the Buccaneers were going to make a playoff run which they will they will make the playoffs next season don't know if they're going to win the Super Bowl with all the star powers coming out of the AFC right now but I think the Buccaneers are going to be in the playoffs we're going to be in need of a tight end and Rob Gronkowski is going to be there on standby with the WWE and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers We're going to end it at that. The Chris Mathis
0: Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Subscribe on YouTube at TCM underscore pod.